and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. My name is Carla. I have been a dog groomer since 2014. Over time, be it before an exam, at the side of a competition ring or online, I have had many a quiet chat with fellow dog groomers who, like myself, struggle at times to balance life, work and maintaining a healthy well-being. My aim is to talk to both professional dog groomers and mental health professionals to help us understand what triggers stress and anxiety within our industry, why so many of us struggle with our mental health and what we can do to help ourselves. I also want to share stories and handy tips to make life in the salon easier. I am not a professional in mental health and I am not qualified or trained to give advice in this area. I am however interested in mental health and what effects our work can have on our well-being and finding ways to help. So, whether you are a brand new groomer or you have been at it for decades, whether you struggle with your mental health or work with a groomer who does, this podcast is for you. Hello and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. This week, I have been speaking to one of our Groom Team England representatives, Nancy Brinkat. This series, I'm concentrating on hobbies quite heavily. Hobbies that groomers have, hobbies that calm them down, clear their minds and are not in the slightest bit dog related. I think it's so important to have interests outside of the industry to take our mind away. So Nancy will be telling us about her love for her jumping spiders. We also discuss my normal final questions and Nancy has some really unique answers. If you're so terrified of spiders that you can't bear hearing about them, skip to 19 minutes to hear the final answers. Nancy has been grooming over eight years and has had her own salon for six years. She has a full ICMG and is one of our current Groom Team England representatives. She will be competing in Pure Breed Scissor with a Bedlington at the Worlds later this year in Belgium. Nancy is such a bubbly and enthusiastic person and I absolutely loved speaking with her. I really hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I did. Here we go. Hi Nancy, welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers. How are you today? I'm all good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, all good. Day off today, just about the house and housely stuff out. So yeah, feeling pretty relaxed. You've been off today as well, haven't you? Yes, I have. I love my Fridays off. Absolutely love them. (laughs) Brilliant. So if we start with you just telling us a bit about the salon that you work in, a bit about your setup and um, yeah, a bit about yourself. So basically I work from home. I have a cabin in the garden. It's actually my mum's house. I started, I'd been grooming for about 18 months and I was like, you know what, I want to do this for myself. So I literally, we had a cabin down the bottom of the garden. I can't even call it a cabin. It was a shed. And okay. it had been there for like 20 odd years. And I was like, I just need to do this for myself. Got set up really basic, basic just to get started. And then mm-hmm. saved some money up and decided I wanted to invest in a, a more suitable, newer, practical cabin. So I sorted that out. A lot bigger than what I started off with. And yeah, yeah five, six years later, I'm still in there. Brilliant. And do you think you'd ever like to have a bigger salon or do you like working by yourself in a small salon? I am an R about this all the time. I'm like, if I ever did have a salon, 
it would have to be the right salon. So I've always had set in my head, it would be this tiny, tiny little shop somewhere just mm -hmm. off of the high street. And I would like it to be a little single standing salon, not connected to other um, shops. Okay. There's there's two places near me that whenever I drive past there, I'm like, I'd love that as a salon. That would be perfect for me oh. and one bar, literally one bar far. Tiny with like little square windows and stuff. And I like think about how I would set up if I did have a salon, but it's not something that I'm like, I need to do that I'm quite okay. happy and content working from home I love it obviously if I've not got a dog in I can just crack on with doing other bits indoors I mean my little boy is at home uh the days that he's not at nursery so if I've got mm -hmm. 20 minutes spare I'll go and sit with him whilst he's having his lunch or something so it suits me like down to the ground like I absolutely yeah. love it it must be really handy having your salon at your mum yeah. so that she can yeah. babysit your son at the literally, same time while you're literally and he comes and knocks on the door and he's like your customer's here and I'm like I know I know <laughs> but no I love it I mean I would down the line possibly uh just a little salon with just one bath I wouldn't want anything too crazy just yeah. something easy going chilled flow and yeah just something very small and petite yeah it sounds lovely oh good luck with that if the chance ever arises it's nice to have these little dreams as you're driving down the road <laughs> and getting a bit of inspiration and things oh I could do this I could, could do this do with that, that. But yeah. it, no, it'd have to be the right front of the shop, if that makes yeah. sense. Definitely. And that would that would completely sell it to me. So I've got you on here today to talk to you about one of your interests outside of the grooming salon. And that is your spiders. spiders. I'm obsessed. I'm absolutely obsessed. I can't, I cannot get enough of these little things. I never, okay. ever thought that I would own spiders. Never, okay. ever. Like, and I've just gone, my partner's like, you've gone mad. You've actually lost the plot. <laughs> the other day, cause I've just moved them. They was all down in my kitchen. I've got a really big kitchen. So they was one side away from all the cooking. And I was looking at my spiders and I was holding one. And I was like, oh, I just wish I could like hug it. Not like hug it like you would hold a dog. You know, just yeah. like cozy on up to it and my partner was on the phone to his brother and he was like Tommy she's lost the plot she's actually lost the plot <laughs> and I was like no they're honestly they are the cutest little things uh, I, okay so I was gonna say what sort of spiders are they that was what I was gonna ask you so I've got I keep jumping spiders um I'm really bad with the actual proper names of them but the majority of mine are Philippus regius which is the regal jumping spider I have okay. eight jumpers um, four boys and four girls. I'm actually getting another two Regius uh, females. Uh, my mum's got 21. <laughs> she started <gasps> after me and she's now taking over me. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, do no. they all live in together? No, so you have to keep them completely on their own. Once they start molting from once they've left an egg sac, you've got a couple of molts in before they start to become cannibalistic and they will what's eat a, each other. What's a molt? Uh, so molting like shedding their skin oh okay so basically throughout their life they will uh, molt and shed their whole exoskeleton um, and that goes up a size they're called instars generally okay. there's 10 10 to 12 instars and once they've reached their last molt that's when they're physically mature and able to breed from but yeah so a lot of my then none of mine have reached maturity yet so I've still got quite a few molts to go through but my newest two that are coming they're almost reaching maturity so okay. I've actually as of yesterday I've just got my first velvet spider uh Ooh, what's that 
they are they call them the ladybird spider uh the species that i've gone for they are completely black and it will stay black they are slightly okay. larger than a jumping spider and they don't jump um right. but i have got the species gandanameno which is an african black velvet spider she's so so okay. small but i've named her wednesday after wednesday oh, Adams. <laughs> love it, love it. So, right, go back to these back, back to these jumping spiders so they to... stay at they're tiny aren't they because i've seen the pictures yeah. of these ones on your facebook everybody and... thinks they're big they're, they're, honestly they're so small so you get to about two centimeters so it's like a little fingernail sort of size Li- or... yeah probably i mean my biggest one bernard that's his name bernard <laughs> <laughs> he's my biggest one out and he's probably the size of my thumbnail and his legs just go over the edge of them so they're okay. really really small they don't get and big at all how high do they jump or how far is it upwards or forwards Oh, they can go anywhere. They do backflips. They're so that's so funny <laughs> to watch. Honestly, these jumping spiders. I was looking at your pictures, and especially like the really up close ones. They got these beady little button eyes. Oh, and these, yeah, these bright coloured things around their so, mouth. They are called chelicerae, and essentially they are their fangs. Um, and then oh, okay. If, on the tips of those that's where their fangs are so when they're obviously eating their prey uh they've got little petty palps which are tiny little fuzzy like little hands that sit in front of their chelicerae and they will move out the way and you can actually see the the fangs and that's how they eat but yeah so they've all got different colors they can change with each molt uh an interesting thing with the jumping spiders is they can lose a leg or a pedipalp or multiple legs and providing they've not reached maturity they can grow it back wow after after maturity there's no chance of it coming back uh so you quite often will lose a limb and then on the next molt it grows back it's so it's so <laughs> honestly it's brilliant they are so so interesting yeah they are actually and so if you said that you didn't ever imagine yourself as someone who had spiders like what was it that got you into them I'll be completely honest I'm a total impulse buyer and I'm sold on <laughs> by what something looks like I'm like yeah I'll have that don't need it but I'll have it anyway and we was actually on our way out and I was just scrolling through Facebook and a video came up of like a, it was like a little short basically of building reptile enclosures mm-hmm. and I'd seen a couple of other people groomers mainly that had yeah. jumping spiders and I, yeah it's I become like, a bit of a thing hasn't it yeah yeah I was like that would look really cute for a jumping spider. So as I do, start Googling jumping spiders. Next thing I know, I'm eight jumping spiders in. I was going to say, do they need heat pads? Depending, obviously, where each species is from will depend on their humidity and their temperatures. A lot of the spider groups, people are from America. So because they're they're higher temperatures, most people don't say you need a heat mat. But for the Mm. UK, you definitely do. Obviously, it's so much colder over here. They should sit, for the regals that I've got, they should sit between 22 and 26 degrees. Mm-hmm. So I've actually just moved mine to my bedroom because the kitchen is really cold downstairs. They weren't holding the temperature as well. So I've brought them upstairs and because it's warmer, the temperatures are just staying up how they should be. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they have a thermostat, heat mat, basic, basic. Honestly, they're so easy to keep. An LED bright light. And yeah. you just literally miss their enclosures once a day, once every other day, depending on what their humidity is sitting at. Brilliant. And like, do you find it's quite relaxing being around them? Like, do you find that it takes your mind off things when you're with them? Or like, what do you get from having them? I've always loved fish. 
always loved fish, but obviously you cannot physically interact with a fish. So this to (laughs) me is the next thing up. Like you can actually hold them, you can handle them. So with the jumping spiders, in terms of spider species, they are known as the web puppies. They're the dogs of the spider world, the puppies of the spider world, because they are just so cute and so fascinating. I mean, a basic house spider, get it away from me. I can't stand it. I don't like them. They freak me out. I am just obsessed with these. And now some of the other species I'm starting to appreciate more. I actually mm-hmm. would like to get a, a dwarf tarantula species. It's called a I was going to say, are you going to edge on up to the yeah. bigger ones, do you think? Yeah. If I can convince my partner. Yeah. <laughs> He's <what> like, about... <laughs> no. I was going to say, what about the, like you said about the coloured like fangs earlier? Can they yeah. bite? Can they hurt you? They, they yeah, poisonous? they can bite. So they do have venom, uh, but it, it wouldn't affect us. It would just numb the area slightly and sting. A lot of people yeah. describe it as like a bee sting. Obviously, right, okay. the amount that they have in there would never do anything to a human, but it would kill the prey. Right, so, okay. yes, they do have venom, but no, it can't affect us in any way. I presume somebody could have an, an allergic reaction to it, but mm-hmm. I've never been bitten so far. And most people that keep spiders say they will only bite if they really feel the need to. They don't. Yeah. It's not like they're like, oh, your food, I'm going to eat you. Unless you hurt them or you really scare them, I don't think you've got anything to worry about. I mean, my little boy holds them. My three-year-old <laughs> literally holds them. Oh, oh he's so, a little fanatic already then. Honestly, he's obsessed. Do they have, like, their own little character? Do you get to know them and, like, their yeah. little ways? And... So they've all got names. I've named all of them. The first okay. spider is actually my son's spider. It's called Incy. Incy Wincy <laughs> Spider. Yeah. <laughs> Incy is just totally unsociable, doesn't do anything. Like, you very, very rarely see Incy out. When I bought her, him, I'm not actually sure what it is because it's throwing off boy vibes and girl vibes at the moment. I'm just waiting for the maturity to reach to find out for definite what Incy is. But Incy is black and red. So straight away, you're like, straight. uh, that's like a danger colour. Like, don't touch me. And for the longest time, I was so scared to try to handle. And one day I was like, just man up. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to get bitten. It's going to sting. You're going to put it back. Like, it's fine. It's not going to do any real damage. And the whole time I could feel my chest pumping. I was like, so nervous. I had my arm like quite far away from me. And I was like, actually, you're really sweet. Yeah, so they've all got their own quirks, but some of them literally follow you around the enclosure. Blimey. Or they don't want to come on to you, and then they do not want to get off of you, and you're, like, 10 minutes trying to get it back in its enclosure. Oh, no. I remember (laughs) as a kid chasing a hamster around the room because it got out of its ball, but I can't imagine, like, trying to keep up with a little They are quick. They are quick. They can't jump very far. I mean probably 10 centimetres at an absolute max. Obviously, if they're on a ledge, they can jump much further distance because they're technically falling rather than jumping yeah, yeah but yeah they don't they don't jump that far probably about 10 centimeters and that that's the furthest they'd probably go so you've got providing you've got pretty quick reflexes and you've got a clear space around you if it does jump off it's yeah. easy enough to catch get a catch cut pop it over so would you say these jumping spiders are good little ones for, for someone who's like scared or nervous of spiders unless you are absolutely damn right petrified and you cannot even be at the thought of being near a spider like some people won't even look at a picture of a spider some of my clients when I've shown them they're like no I can't look I can't look if you can tolerate being near them or you're one of these people that can catch a spider in your house and let it out even if you didn't like them you would end up falling in love with them that does sound like me a bit I mean I don't think I'll probably have one myself 
But say I was around someone's house and they had a jumping spider, I would be quite intrigued and interested and like feel like I've like numbed myself a bit because yeah. I used to be one of those people who looks at spot and the big ones I still do. I'm like, oh yeah. And it's yeah. Like, it's not that I can't look at them. It's just like, oh no, I've seen it. I'm gonna dream of it later on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Itchy arm. But with the jumping <laughs> spiders, they are like really cute. And I if I like I say, if there was one in a room, I would be over there and having a look and having a little watch. To me, when you're, you know, when you're in the salon and you're getting a picture of a dog once it's finished, it's great. When it's just looking at you and it's cute and then it gives you a head tilt, you're like, oh my God, that's the cutest thing. These yeah. literally head tilt. They literally Sorry. head tilt. So that's why they look so cute and so appealing and they're fluffy <laughs> and they've got like little eyelashes and stuff and they all come in different colours, shapes, sizes, patterns on their back. Uh, a lot of people collect them based on their chelicerae colour. Yeah. Even though there's no guarantee they'll stay that colour, they're like, oh, I haven't got one with pink gels. Let's get that. And it's crazy. But <laughs> usually you can determine a sex by the chelicerae. But okay. Incy, as I said, Incy's giving me mixed vibes at the moment. I'm not quite sure oh. what Incy is. Well, maybe but... she'll decide, she or he will decide <laughs> when they're a bit older, or maybe under... you'll never know. But no. <laughs> no. But no, they oh. are honestly fabulous. They really are. Um, do you think that having like something like this outside like of work is like a really good thing to like get excited about, even if it's not spiders? Having this to me is I could be spending my money on a hell of a lot of things worse. So this keeps me actually quite grounded, mm. believe it or not. I I'm sitting there at night thinking, what yeah. can I buy for the spiders? Like it's become such a crazy hobby. And I think to have something like that, it's quite fulfilling actually. And when you're yeah. raising them from obviously a tiny little sling, seeing that, it's like, it feels like an achievement, seeing yeah. them mature through their different stages and stuff. And I mean, my brother's got a snake. He absolutely loves snakes. I physically couldn't deal with the space that snakes take up. No. They take up way too much <laughs> space. But I mean, we're hoping as well, even obviously most people are scared of spiders. Let's be real. But yeah. I think it's all in your head. To me it's like what you're what you grow up believing in it goes to show you obviously my three-year-old is handling spiders which most people wouldn't even be near and no. even if it gets other people over arachnophobia as such and getting people yeah. to appreciate them and I mean he'll go to school and tell his friends I've got spiders and they'll be like oh my god spiders what like that's crazy but he's I probably like the like... wild like the, yeah. the kids that everyone thinks whoa he's got one of them yeah. literally that is going to be Oliver that is going to be Oliver but I think it's just a great thing to have a little hobby and something different as well something that you'd never imagined yourself to be yeah you don't have the to hobby them do you honestly Carla they're so easy they are so easy. <laughs> you don't have to walk them. You don't need pet insurance on them. They're like they cost Aww. pennies. I, I love and it. And as long as you've it. like obviously done the research, like it obviously you have like about what they need. Yeah. They've got their habitat with what they need like they would have in the wild and you're doing yeah. everything right I mean it sounds like it's quite simple once you've got your head around it you sound like you've got loads of knowledge on these the um, only sh- thing I would say with these is that they just don't live long enough that you're yeah. up to two maximum of three years and so is that what the same is in the wild as well it's just yeah them. so in the wild yeah. it's actually uh, it's actually less so they usually say sort of up to a year and a half whereas obviously in captivity you can give them the best the best amount of everything they need so yeah. they're never going without so shall I ask you a few questions about the grooming industry because obviously yes, I know we haven't really spoken about grooming but no just spiders so <laughs> what do you look forward to this year in the industry 
two things this year i'm really excited for the new competition year to start obviously we've got the grooming show coming up oh less than two weeks isn't it yeah really soon so yeah that will be the first competition of the year i've seen so many posts coming up of people saying that they won't be competing and stuff and just seeing how this year sort of pans out obviously there'll be new faces some of the mm -hmm. older faces that we're used to seeing probably won't be about as much it'll be nice to see some new people coming in and seeing what else is there is to offer yeah I'm obsessed with com competing now as well and obviously we've got the world's coming up so that is, yeah how that's exciting like is that? I know it's getting closer and heard, closer <laughs> yeah I've heard it's Belgium so that's a relief yeah isn't it? yes it is so, so I competed at Romania last year it's so so easy to get there it really is like oh, when it was confirmed that it was a Grumania I was like thank the lord like yeah. less travel time and everything and just once you get through off the tunnel I think within two hours you're there you're there yeah, and brilliant. being obviously run alongside Grumania it was such an amazing competition and atmosphere I'm really yeah. really excited really excited for the world and so what do you feel like um at the worlds you're like most exciting about is it walking in with the flag is it actually being on the table I think it's and doing gonna the be competition? going I think going in as a whole team yeah. especially obviously I work for myself I, I work solely on my own so being part of something even though really I'm just little old me in my in my little tiny cabin at home so being part of like a big team and having yeah. all people supporting you and everything and obviously all repping your country's colours and yeah just seeing all the different countries competing against together and all getting together and seeing how groomers from across the world all come together in this one room and you're like this is bonkers this is absolutely yeah. bonkers considering how so many people don't see it as a proper industry when <laughs> obviously it bloody is yeah. you know when you're seeing to the extent <laughs> of it like it's it's crazy but yeah I can't wait to wear my my tunic and have my name on display and stuff I'm really looking yeah. forward to it there must be a lot of pride there because you've earned your way there and then like you say you've got the support of the team and the committee and you've got the colors on and it's all very very official and very pro professional and well, very, you know, <laughs> all the top of the top people and it's like oh exciting I mean I can only imagine what the atmosphere is going to be like. And, la well, the last World Championships, I watched it live through Facebook. And yeah. how I felt sitting from my house watching it, like, yeah. I I, it's just going to overpower, I think. It's going to be absolutely overpowering there. The atmosphere, Brilliant. I can imagine, is just going to be something a lot of us probably won't have seen before. So, yeah, yeah really looking forward to that. If that's the thing you're most looking forward to next year... What was you most proud of last year? Definitely getting onto the team. Yeah. Getting onto the team and finally feeding. Because I always question myself. I always feel like, oh, I can improve here. I can improve here. And for the longest time, I was like, what are you on about? I'm like, it's just basic grooming. Like, I'm not, I'm, it's not that good. And to finally be like, yeah, actually, I am good at it. It's, yeah because you've, you've proved yeah, it the, and that's the, the sense of achievement of getting onto it was just like I don't I can't even explain it I can't even explain it it was just like yeah wow like, I'm actually proud of myself yeah no that's brilliant and it's nice that you can recognize that and you know understand that you have achieved and you have done well and in fact just getting a dog on the table like regardless of whether you're winning or we're placing yeah. or whatever is still massive because it's an achievement to go out there and bet yourself each time but yeah. to have actually worked your way up and won your way up 
then like every time you get that placement or that compliment it's like a justification isn't it I suppose in your own head like to me I see your Beddington grooms and I think bloody hell they're amazing I you know I don't know how she does it that you know (laughs) beautiful but when it's yourself (laughs) it's hard to sometimes see it in the same light as someone else would isn't it yeah I remember always feeling like oh I could have improved here and people are like what are you on about and I'm everyone is so critical of their self we mm. are the most critical people when you're grooming a dog and everyone's telling you that looks so lovely like what are you on about and you're like no this could be changed and this could be changed yeah. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing yes mm. it can be and it can get it can get to a point where it's like you need to chill out a bit and like take a step back you're like you're doing more than you sort of thought you would ever do but yeah I also think it can be a good thing because it always you're always striving for perfection in your higher yeah the day that I do the groom where I'm like that is perfect like I will be like that is a relief but I got there even though I always think there's room for improvement there always is to me there can be little things that that need tweaking that doesn't matter Mm -hmm. but do you know when you do like you're at a competition and you do a leg and you're like that's the best that leg has ever turned out if I do that with that with that with that that is what I that is what I'm hoping to do at the Worlds (laughs) yeah and you say that's sort of like what motivates you and keeps you sort of like you know trying your hardest because like you say it's you feel really good you get a big dopamine rush you've got the adrenaline of like doing the competition and then that dopamine hit of oh I've placed or oh I've done this yeah. or oh that legs how I want it to be or all oh, that head looks the best I've ever done it before or yeah. whatever but then like do you ever find it's got like a flip side as well do you ever feel like it does just like wear you out a bit sometimes especially if you don't place at a competition you feel like you're a bit like oh I have not placed this time what have I done so wrong and it, it you just can't tell until the day every judge likes mm. something different you could do yeah. one thing to suit one judge and get critiqued on that saying that they don't like that so next time you do it slightly different and that judge wouldn't have done it like that so it's yeah. obviously you, you're trying to learn your judges and see what people like and stuff but everyone is so different with how they do it so in a way you all find your own way of doing things and you you go to a show and all these fabulous dogs and they're all groomed slightly differently I mean I know there's yeah. all a standard to follow but we all do our yeah. own things and it's learning your to have your own style and put your own stamp on it like one of my friends Georgia she goes that's a Nancy head and you can just tell <laughs> that she, she was like if I see a picture that's a Nancy head that's how yeah. that's how she does it and I think when you can see that as well and you start to you start to go off of, yes, I'm going to do this. Yes, I'm going to change that. But I would like to keep it like this. And people are a bit like, hang on a minute. You were just told to do it that way. And sometimes I think we do know best. We do know ourselves best. With the pure breed scissor, you need to know that breed. And then it doesn't yeah. matter what shape the dog is underneath that coat. As long yeah. as you are putting that shape on that dog. Yeah. And all the points of the dogs are in the right place. Um, but like you say everyone does things in a slightly different way because we are all very different aren't we we hold things differently we use different hands we've got different equipment we've got do you know what I mean there's a million one ways to do like one thing but yeah you can tell 
who's Beddington is who's in purebreed scissor. I can tell <laughs> Nancy from a Tanya from yeah. you know the next person. Yeah. Um, you have your own style, and and I'm in awe of all you Beddington girls. I think you're fabulous. <laughs> you know, I just look at, and I'm like, it's such a hard breed to tackle. But yeah, no, you do a fab job, and yeah, really good luck for the this year. Thank good you very much. Thank you. <laughs> we're um, we're all getting excited now. It's getting it's getting real now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, not too long. Counting down the months. So, can you think of a, any time that you have learned from a, a mistake, whether it's in the salon or in the industry? I wouldn't say a mistake as such, but learning from each experience you have, like you know, instantly, you know, when you send a dog out and you're like, I should have charged more for that. Yeah, I should. I I could have charged more for that as well. More to the point. Mm. So. It's just looking over things and thinking, how would I do that differently next time? Trying to say no from an early point. Trying to say no to people. For the longest time when I started up, I would please customers and I'd think, oh, I owe them something. And I try to say to my friend all the time, it's your salon, it's your roles. If you don't want to do something, do not do it. And she's like, how are you saying that? And I'm like, it's easy for me to say that now. I'm like six, seven years into running my own business, going into seven years, eight years of grooming in the industry. I've got that confidence that it's going to take you a long time to do it. And it's so nice when I'll speak to her and she's like, you'll never guess what I just did. I just charged this much for this dog and I feel good about it. And it's just like learning next time be no put your foot down tell the owner yeah. no, it's going to be this much and even though you're worried about telling them because of how that how you think they're going to react once yeah. it comes out of your mouth it's out of your mouth that's you know? it for example <laughs> this year I've made a couple of changes with the business and a lot of it has come from doing these podcasts and talking to other people about changes yeah. they've made and I'm go- obviously I've spoken a few times about going down to four days so this year I've got down to four days charge more also Definitely. I am literally I went back to work on the 6th of January and it's now what the, the 12th today oh, yeah 12th yeah. today and I've already had one customer no show yeah so I've been back to work what uh Saturday Tuesday Wednesday that four days I've been open yep. and had and your I've first had no one show. show so I messaged the lady and she did do it on purpose she's not a bad customer she's very friendly she just completely yeah. forgot didn't feel well slept in it was a nine o'clock yeah. appointment I completely understand and what prior to this year I would have done is I'm going to add a, a small fee onto your next one do you want another appointment or shall I add it onto your next one next month blah 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 if I can fit you yeah. in I'll fit you in but saying that i've just got to the point now where i think do you know what four days in and i've already lost 42 pound yeah it's easy as that and you've got up it's your first appointment of the day and then it's myself like, out of bed. yeah yeah for, for nothing yeah this time i have i did say to her i'm really sorry but this isn't the first time it's happened i understand it was a mistake but as of this year i'm gonna have to charge you the full amount for that groom because yeah. i had no no time to reorganize another customer i've got a waiting list of customers who could have taken that appointment but i didn't get the chance to call them this is the thing by the time you start calling people you've not actually got enough time because you're 20 minutes into that slot and you're gonna have your next one coming in so then you're sitting around twiddling with your fingers thinking what can i do and now you're 42 pound down that's it and she said to me she said oh i really didn't mean to i am really sorry 
I'll leave it till next month, blah, 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 which I'm fine with because, I mean, yeah. it hasn't actually been done since the beginning of November, but it was done pretty short um, back yeah. then. So it's not a problem that she's waiting. But she said, yeah, she will pay the fee. Da, 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 I'll see you in February. And I was like, do you know what? Actually, this time last year, I probably would have just charged her a tenner for that and yeah. lost 32 quid, which is yeah. it's not a lot for one day, but you start adding that, but say you've got four a month, two a month, that's, that's you know... 80 yep. quid 160 quid or you say okay i'm going to charge you a tenner and you just have one of those days where your whole bloody day cancels and then you're only you would have had four or five dogs now you've only got 40 or 50 quid that's not enough that's that i don't know what no. your obviously your realistic price of what you need to earn a day but yeah, i know for myself yeah, if I earn not, that, <laughs> not at all not at all so it's it's one of them things if it's every now and then it probably wouldn't have mattered. But imagine yeah. you had your whole day cancelled. Yeah, so or even like can't... like we say, like five customers a month. That's yeah. already, you know, 40 times five. You call it 40 because I'm not very good at maths. That's yeah. like <laughs> 200 quid. Yeah. Five dogs in a month, that's 200 quid that I'm down, which it doesn't yeah. happen that much. It, it never happens that much. But, yeah. you know, if it does, you've got to say this yeah. to these customers and then they understand. They're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, and that's my phone bill and my dog's insurance. I was just going to say, it's almost like people want the professional, the whole professional package, but when it comes to paying these cancellation fees and extra charges and no-show fees, it's like they want to be your friend and be like, oh, it won't happen again. It didn't mean to happen. It's still a business. Yeah. And it's still your business. And when you've got stuff to pay for and how expensive everything is getting now, you can't be like that. You can't be like, oh, it's okay. It doesn't matter. Because no, it does. Yeah, it does, it does yeah. matter, and, and, and like it I say, all this, up. Yeah, and like I say, nine times out of ten, they don't mean to do it. They're not funny about it. They're generally sorry about it. They didn't mean to do it, and it's my, it's my fault that I haven't done this sooner. I've put it off because yeah. I feel bad saying, do you know what? Yeah, it's going to cost you eighty-four quid for an hour and a half next time round. Yeah, like some people I know, will try I that know. anyway. I, I know, know, I know. Like, I feel me, guilty I about that as well. Like cheeky sod saying that because I've worked an hour and a half on your dog. It didn't take me any longer because you know it is usually on a regular basis and it's usually in this X trim, Y trim. But at the same time, if it was a dentist, if it was a hairdresser, if yeah, it was anything else that you booked a private one-to-one appointment-based service with, of course yeah. you get charged. So why shouldn't yeah. I? I've still got an electric I mean, bill. I've still got stuff to pay for. I think because we are a majority of groomers as well are self-employed, we understand how that would affect other people's businesses. So mm-hmm. I've had it once where I've physically been so violently ill, I physically couldn't make a nail appointment and I felt so bad. I'd cancelled well ahead in advance. I said to her, I'm going to send you the full amount because like, you're now missing. And she was like, no, just mm-hmm. send me £10. That's what I charge. And I'm like, no, I'm going to send you the full amount. I know and why do people do like. that? I used to do I've done that I myself. I know, but nobody does it to us. Yeah. <laughs> nobody seems to do it. I mean, I've I've had people no-showing me before, message them to say, I'm going to need to charge you for the no-show, and just being blocked, completely blocked. Yeah. And it's like, do you know what? Well, that's fine. I don't want that custom. It's going to have to be accepted. Like, I did, say, I, I did say to the lady, I said, look, if you want to bring your dog back, this is going to have to be paid. If yeah. not let me know and I'll cancel your future appointments because I understand I will probably lose customers being like this yeah. at some points. And if it is a genuine emergency, like say she got rushed yeah. to hospital or, you know, 
the dog had a fit or something or something yeah. big. Things happen. Things, things come happen. Up. I get it. But it, it, I'm sorry, I forgot. I didn't get up in time. I overslept. Things like that. I'm just like, but, oh. yeah. I actually only do have a 24 hour cancellation policy. I know a lot of people are more, but you've got to think realistically two days before an appointment, a hell of a lot could happen. Yeah. So I, in in my personal opinion, that's not to say that people that do have a forty eight hour cancellation policy are wrong. But in my mm. opinion, I know myself. If if you've got something going on with family members and stuff, you do sometimes have to cancel short short notice on things. But it's yeah, it's being able to be like, you know what, that's my fault. That's not your fault, and I'm really sorry. But you yeah. Some people just aren't like that, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I like 24 hours notice. That's my kind of cut-off point. Because with 24 hours, yeah. you can whack something on, on Facebook. Yeah. Last-minute appointment. Can yeah. anyone feel it? Tomorrow, 11 o'clock. Nine times out of ten, you've filled it. What do you think affects our mental health most in the industry or in the salon? I think what can affect your mental health is, for, for me, what really gets me down is when I'm constantly seeing dogs in poor condition. And obviously, we're all in the industry because we love or we like dogs, you know? I mean, yeah. I, I'll be openly honest, I, I'm a cat person through and through. I don't want to do cat grooming, but I love, obviously, grooming and I love dogs. And when you see how many people don't look after their dogs for me this is personally it really mm. puts a downer on my whole day yeah. and then I think I just think about that dog then when I go home and I'm like they're not going to listen to anything that I've just said to them and I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm talking to a brick wall with people yeah. like years ago I worked at a salon and this pu- little puppy pug walked in and I was like oh my god it's so cute can I please hold it because it was a groomer's come like mm-hmm. boutique yeah. and I was holding this little pug and it had the longest nails and they st- were starting to curl already and I was like I'm oh, just gonna, if, if you don't mind I'm just gonna give it a little nail time it'll be completely free of charge but I can see a couple of them are curling oh well we've just been for uh the puppies checkup at the vets and the vet checked them and they were fine and I'm like these clearly need cutting mm. but because we're not vets and yeah. I say that in a way of we can't diagnose stuff, but we can advise people on what we've seen previously, what we know from yeah. our own experience with our own dogs, what there could be a possibility and when to go to the vets about it. But sometimes you just cannot get through to people. Like dogs with severe allergies and you're like, what food are they on? And they tell you and you're like, change the food, just change. Yeah. Oh, but the, the dog's been on it its whole life. Yes, it can live on that food, but that's like you eating McDonald's every day for the rest of your life. It's not yeah. going to benefit the dog in the long run. And that to me is something that really bugs me because I feel like I've done so much. I've done my ICMG. I've done so much research into certain things. I know from my own experience with dogs and you just get looked at as you're just the groomer. You're yeah. just there to cut the dog's hair, and it makes you feel it makes you feel like you're pushed down a peg, bit disrespected, yeah, bit undervalued, sort of yeah, thing, underappreciated. Yeah, underappreciated. I think and... that's a really interesting answer because nobody's yet said that, and I totally know what you mean because there's a couple of dogs on my book where books where you can see they're struggling with like yeah. a certain area of the body. Like yeah. I've got a little Westie who I've groomed now for probably six years, maybe eight, yeah. long time. And this dog used to sort of like act slightly weird when he did his nails, but not in like a stroppy way. It was fine with all his other feet. It was clearly uncomfortable. So I let it sit down while I do its nails and I work around it. 
when it sits down, it does that weird thing. Have you ever seen dogs when they sit and they put the leg through the other leg? Yeah, I do one exactly like, like that. Easing their way down. down and I've sort yeah. of said to this lady a few times, I think this dog saw in this leg. I said, I don't know what's going on. It's only at that point, it's probably about four or something. It was a younger yeah. dog. And she did the same. And with with customers listening, even, even if they do listen and they come back and say, oh, the vets just said this, I often... I know a lot of people are quick to jump and say, oh, that vet said that about this. But I wonder what the difference would be if us groomers took the dog to the vet and pointed out what we see, what we understand about how the dog's changed, what our concerns are. Because when you've spoke to a customer and the customer has to relay that to the vet. I know myself, the minute I walk away, I forget stuff. And I yes. can imagine most people do as well. And they're not going to explain stuff how we would or even no. technical terms as well exactly. that we would use. We can do these things to help. But at the same time, you're still relying on someone in the middle. It's like Chinese whispers, isn't it? You start yeah, at one yeah. end, you get something else at the other end and then God knows where. <laughs> you know? This is still related to this, but a little bit off topic. Obviously, yeah. dogs that don't come in regular enough, people aren't going to notice things coming up. I know for a fact, if I did not blast dogs, you would mm-hmm. never see half of these lumps or marks no. that that come up. And this is another thing that's important with obviously grooming as well is when we're blasting and we're studying the coat and we're trying to get it perfectly prepped, we're literally studying the skin at the same time. And we're yeah. seeing these things that an owner would go, I didn't even know that was there. No. I do a cockapoo who's got, he's got back dew claws and he had, it was about five years ago, he had a little lump come up, mentioned it to the owner, saw it as I was blasting. Oh, I didn't know that was there. So I said, obviously, keep an eye on it. Try and measure it up to like a 5p coin or something and see if it gets bigger. Next time he come in, I was like, that's so much bigger. That needs to go and get checked. It's only been six weeks. Took mm-hmm. him to vets. They can't see it. And I'm like, it's literally there. It's literally mm. there. No, the vet couldn't see anything. So next time dog came in, I made sure to take lots of pictures, sent yeah. them to the owner, and then the owner could go back and show the vet. And then they was like, oh, okay, actually, yeah, we can see it. But because it was a fluffy dog, obviously yeah, it's hiding stuff. It. Yeah, and yeah. obviously when we're seeing the dogs regularly, I'm always, when I'm blasting, I'm always watching everything and keeping an eye and looking at warts that were there before, lumps and bumps, yeah. and seeing how they've changed. And even with spaniels you know when the owners leave the collars on and don't wash them and they get muddy yeah. and, crispy and they get, and they get smelly. Like sorbit and it smells and it's all oh. damp and things like that yeah. it's nice to come away like you say and feel like you've made a change for that dog because it's not dog. comfortable yeah. it's not nice and the owner yeah. was completely naive to it and you Live feel like it. you've helped so that yeah. always makes you feel good but like you say if they don't listen they don't cooperate and they're not respecting your opinion then it it's going to be really crappy. demoralizing as well can't it so definitely what- what would you like to see change in the industry? A lot of people that first go into competitions, they're f- they're so nervous to begin with anyway, and a lot of people put it off for so long. And mm-hmm. then when you do, it's a little bit confusing on what class you can go in because you may have started your grooming, placement, apprenticeship, but for six months straight, all you did was purely bathing and drying. Yeah. N- not even picked up a pair of scissors. Whereas some people from day one would be, using scissors using clippers yeah it might not be on a full dog but just doing parts of a dog so to me you can't have two people one that started trimming a dog six months later going into the same category because that first person has then got 
an advance on that person and you know yourself how much you can pick up in a month of grooming when you first start so in six months you are so much further advanced so yeah just graduate the competition classes a bit more before you go straight into open because yeah it's pretty daunting in an open class especially the breed class but um yeah I do see what you mean. There's there is a big difference between having you know being a bath a dryer prepper for six months and then perhaps starting grooming college on an intensive course where you're going every day yeah. for say like four weeks and you've been handling scissors from year dot and it's yeah. just like getting used to having the scissors in your hand, simple things like that. So no, I, I, it's not something that I would have thought of, and it's not something that anyone said yet. So that's a good one because yeah. it is a little area that could do with tweaking it. And how do you, apart from your spiders, how do you just de- <laughs> stress after work and unwind I'm I'm really bad I am really bad I'll get home and if I've had a stressful day I'm like you know what I'm not looking at my phone I'm not looking at my diary I'm not doing anything until tomorrow I'm not going on social media for replying to messages I'm putting it off and yes it can be a bad thing because obviously it's like getting back to people as quickly as possible but I try not to put too much pressure on myself and I feel like I've got quite a good relationship with my clients in the sense of they know obviously I'm a young mum and not that young really comes into it but I mean I do horses in the morning and stuff so sometimes I don't get back to people as quickly as I probably should but they're okay with that so I sort of know what I can get away with in a way so I'm like you know what I'm not replying to people tonight I'm just gonna stay. No and I think that's great I think that it's not selfish at all it's sensible because you get the chance away from your screen so you get to hopefully sleep a bit better of an evening get to wind down a bit sit there I'll sit with my little boy we'll have dinner and we'll put a movie on or we'll play with his toys and stuff or we'll look at the spiders it's a bit harder now because they're in my room normally yeah. they're in the kitchen so we'd be just standing talking and chilling <laughs> just out jumping around your workshop looking at the spiders <laughs> and they're nowhere near any cooking stuff they're totally the opposite side okay. um but obviously now they're upstairs he's like oh, oh can we go and sit upstairs now yeah because it's so easy to just be on I'll just check that I'll just check that check that and then before you've checked your phone like five times within like four minutes and then your attention's away from the here and now you're not in the present and like you've made completely the right decision because your little boy knows that he's got your attention he knows that he's important and you're getting that time for him because they soon grow up don't they Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I feel like I've blinked and now he's like a little man. I mean, he does not shut up. He speaks so well. And he's so interested in learning stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I do have messages to get back to. But you know what I can sort them out tomorrow it's not the end of the world the dogs yeah the dog needs their new appointment sent over they're not in for another eight weeks it's not got to be it's not the be all and end or it's not got to be done right now and it's learning and knowing when to switch off from it because then you end up dreading the the next day that's to come because you've then got so much on your mind of I haven't done this and I feel bad because I've not done this and I've not got back to people quick enough and it's like we're only human we're all doing the best we can and we've all got our own personal lives outside of the business as well we've all got our own stuff going on that obviously some people probably think oh my god they're not getting back to me I need my dog's appointment done and I need it done right now and I'm like yeah well it's not gonna hurt is it 
I think it's really refreshing to hear you say that, like massively refreshing, because in this day and age, everything is now, now, now. I want now. this. Yeah. I need yeah. that. I've got to have that. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, even if you think about the mindfulness of it, like how are you supposed to ground? How are you supposed to wind down? How are you yeah. supposed to know who you are outside work yeah. if you're just constantly bing, 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 bing on this phone all the time? I think it's a yeah. really admirable thing right. for both you as a parent and just as someone who lives in 2024 saying, I'm not fucking answering my phone every 10 well, seconds because I've know got what? life. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> my partner and me had this discussion the other day because uh, I was asked if I would do something for someone and I was like, oh, really want to and they was like oh but what if it's like this and I was like uh maybe and then I was like I don't want to do it why did I just say no why did I just say no and then I was and my partner he was like you will not believe the power of the word no when people massive massive, literally and I was like you know what you are so right and he's like trying to say that trying to physically for that to come out and you say no to someone is so hard but it was like as I was saying earlier once it's out your mouth it's out what are they going to say you've got to do it Uh, no I haven't no I haven't someone said something wise to me and I probably will get it completely wrong knowing me but they said (laughs) it's one of the first words that you learn but it's one of the hardest words to say until you die you know unless you put it into practice once you practice and you start and think right I am doing this and I'm saying no and I'm not going to do it and you're not going to make me you get that little almost like a dopamine rush again where you're like oh, no you do you do and you're like I can't believe I actually said that so the yeah. whole <laughs> what I said oh okay I might do too I said actually do you know what no I'm not gonna do that and then yeah. they're like oh and I was like yeah it just doesn't suit me and my new year's resolution as such I I never do new year's resolutions but it is going to be saying no a hell of a lot more and not just going with the flow and just being like oh okay no if it doesn't not benefit me but if it's making my life harder if it's helping somebody out in something then yeah but if it's going to make my life harder, life is so making short. you tense up and it's yeah. giving you that negative response when you think about yeah. it. Why am I going to do it? And then I'm going to be tired after doing that. And then I'm not going to be up for it the next day. And then the next day I'm going to be like a miserable cow. So yeah. no, 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 I no. I don't blame you at all. <laughs> and the last question that I was going to ask you, I don't know, do you struggle with sleeping? And if you do ever struggle do. with sleeping, what do you do? So I struggle with going okay. to sleep and then I struggle struggle with waking up. I Honestly, I just sleep through my alarms. I'm terrible. Yeah. My partner has to wake <laughs> up. Or if I have something, I'll set so many alarms for it. I'll do them like every five or ten minutes just to make sure I'm awake. Yeah. But usually I don't like to go up to bed too early because everyone's like, oh, that's way too late. You need to be resting. If I sit in bed... I could be here awake for three hours. I may as well be doing something. Get up, yeah, go downstairs, totally. eat something. Even if it's late, I'm okay with that. You know, yeah. I'll eat something. I'll crack on with something. And then I'll come back up to bed, at, say, half 11. Yeah, it's quite yeah. late. But then I'm tired at that point, And then I go to mm-hmm. sleep. So <laughs> to get into sleep, I'm literally, I'm on my phone. And yeah. obviously all the rays in the screen and stuff, I don't know the technical terms, but I know they're not great for you. So no. I sit and look at my spiders. Yeah. <laughs> Again, going back to the whole spider thing. Yeah, but no, totally. Or if I've got something that I need to crack on with. So I don't know, 
say I need to set up a new little tank, I'll crack on with that. That yeah. little 10 minutes of taking my mind off of being on the phone and being on a screen and watching something and just yeah. doing something, it actually does bring you down slightly. And you wouldn't yeah. believe how quickly you go from I'm wide awake, I'm wide awake to, oh, actually, I'm getting closer to going to sleep now. Yeah, I do basically one thing that I learned to do and this was back in the pandemic I was going through a particularly stressful time yeah and I went through a phase where you know it's quite common for me a couple of times a week to you know be awake for a couple of hours in the night or wake up super early and just that's it I'm awake but at this point I was really not sleeping a lot yeah and I spent a lot of nights up all night because let's face it I didn't have work the next day but one thing that I learned to do that did help me was go on thank god for Netflix and iPlayer and all that oh I love Netflix all the platforms (laughs) I would go and watch and this you might laugh at this but david attenborough one of his what was it natural planet some natural world whatever it's called because the natural sound effects in the background that you get and his voice as well (laughs) yes his voice is just like oh so relaxing that i i actually found that listening to something like that something that i knew do you know what if i fall asleep i can just watch it again another night when i'm struggling yeah. to sleep I, yeah. I can catch up i can rewatch it it's not important so something like that really helps me and also gardeners world because yeah I, you know not everyone's into their gardening so it could be a bit you know whatever for some people but for me i find it really relaxing same with monty don's voice and the gardening noises and the birds yeah. and seeing all the yeah. different colors it's just it's like a it zones you in it makes you brings you back to nature you know when my little boy was a tiny baby he he was he was he's such a good boy he really is I really can't moan about him too much but the nights of him not wanting to sleep and I'm like will you please just go to sleep yeah and I would fall asleep somebody said to me why don't you try white noise and I was like what do you want about white noise what even is that it would put me to sleep I would literally I would and, and him as well I would go onto YouTube I would have, I usually used to use my work phone so I could leave it playing. And if you type in like white noise, there's like an eight hour long, 10 hour, 12 hour long clip of just white noise. And a lot of them have a black screen as well. So it's not like brightly colored and stuff. And I would literally just put it on the floor and I genuinely feel like within 20 minutes I'd be asleep. 20 minutes some people are like that with noises because colin was actually on last week and he was talking about listening to thunder when he goes to sleep if it's a yeah. app with thunder noises because you're yeah. clearing your mind and waiting for the next thunder clap but i've yeah. heard of people listening to weird noises even like eating like they listen to people eating and it sends them really to sleep or like yeah <laughs> weird stuff like random there's a like, lot of uh, like asmr isn't there that's it no, yeah a lot of the white noise was either like rain or stormy sort of thing or like Mm -hmm. water droplets and stuff like that sounds of nature essentially essentially and it is very very relaxing yeah and it I think nature is the way forward for me definitely but when I say weird noises if anyone out there listens to eating while they fall asleep I don't mean you're (laughs) weird I just thought oh god what if someone actually does like you know no offense whatever does it for you go for it it's something just really random that you would never think of isn't it but yeah no that's great well I've really really enjoyed talking to you Nancy thank you so much I've had a lovely time I was quite nervous jumping on I'm not gonna lie to you it's just doing something new I thought I'd say a lot more um 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 but 
honestly, I think you could be the most nervous, awkward person and you would make them feel at ease. Honestly, you're so lovely. I don't, because I don't, (laughs) I I know we've known each other on and off for a few years and stuff, but we haven't really spoken too much, really. Not for like an hour and a half straight that we have tonight. I feel like I've known you forever. (laughs) Yeah, oh, when there's a quick 10 minute break or something like that. Oh, well, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. And I'm really no, glad that you felt relaxed getting chatting with me. So that, that's a real big compliment. Thank you so much. That's absolutely No, touching. thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, honestly, I never thought I'd be doing a podcast. I've told my friend she's had a, she supposed to have an operation today. And I was like, I totally hadn't even told her about the podcast. And yesterday I was like, I'm doing the podcast tomorrow. And she was like, what, when, how, who? <laughs> and I told her, and she was like, what's it called? And I told her, I was like, it's on Spotify and stuff. And she was like, I'll start listening now. Oh, <laughs> so she, oh, she was a groomer. Well, but if you're she... listening, I hope you feel better soon. <laughs> she was a groomer. She comes to all, like shows and stuff, competitions and bits to keep herself in, in the zone of it all. Oh, so yeah, brilliant. this is, while she's recovering from her operation, I know she'll be listening to this, uh, this oh, podcast. Oh, bless her. All right, well, I will say well done to you. Um, get well soon to your friend and cheerio thank you very much thank you Carla what a fun interview Nancy's spider facts were so interesting and it's clear to see how passionate she is about them she showed me her collection after the interview and she has an awesome setup the little spider on the cover photo is one of her favourites Zaza as for Green Team England news Groomers Unite is another new competition on the circuit this year which will be held on October the 13th at Stoney Kennel Club and it will be raising money for Green Team England. So get yourself along there, whether it's inside or outside of the ring, and support. There will be loads going on and it will be an amazing day. You can also go and watch the Worlds in Belgium this September and support our team. Stay tuned into Green Team England Facebook page and their website to see where tickets are released. All these details will be in the show notes. Next week, I will be interviewing Georgia Willey about her hobby, which is going to the gym, why she likes it, how it helps her, and we talk tips about double coats and what she has learned from working with the Akitas, and also find out a bit about Logotto Romagnolos, as well as finding out what she has to say about our final round of questions. So for now, have a brilliant week. Follow Wellbeing for Dog Rumours, the podcast on Facebook, and rate and follow us on your chosen podcast platform. Thanks for listening. Cheerio.